Welcome back to the sick podcast, Raccoon's Draftcast. Sorry, Grant. I, did I scare you there? <laughs> Too much energy right off the yeah. bat. Um, yeah, we're back. Fourth episode already. We're on a roll, man. We're on a roll. Uh, the, the season, the training camps have yet to start, but there's still plenty to talk about. Um, here's what we're going to be touching on today. We got Grant, you actually had an interview with Martin Lapointe, scouting director for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going we, we're gonna to need to touch on that for sure. Some very interesting things he said. Um, listen, the scouts aren't perfect, but sometimes they, you know, they save your life, right? So we're going to be looking at your best misses. Uh, sorry, switch that. Your worst misses and your best hits in your career. Uh, we're also going to be touching on our riser, faller, sleeper, and something new this week. So you don't want to miss it. Let's get started. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL Draft and Scouting Podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, so if you're not subscribed already, what are you doing? Come on, hit that subscribe button. Go follow us on Twitter for any update, any news that we have. Uh, This is your one-stop shop for everything draft and prospect related. We've told you already. We're going to keep hammering it in your head. So, Grant, let's get started with your interview that you did for recruits.ca. Go check it out. Um, With Martin Lapointe, some very interesting things. He was very open about the recent selection with Ryan Backer, the thought process of selecting Slavkovsky first overall. Like, what, what were some highlights uh, from that interview that you can talk about? Well, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, the the second paragraph where I quoted him, um, just what he looks for most in a prospect. And it was interesting that he, that he uh, singled out competitiveness mm-hmm. and hockey sense as the two things that he most uh, – uh, looks for in a prospect he, like he even mentioned that if they they have th- those two things in spades that he and the player is a little less skilled than another player that doesn't have those things um uh, you know as as much um he he will take the the kid with the competitiveness and the and the uh the hockey sense um uh, it's been reflected in in the picks he's made. Obviously, I think with uh, yeah. taking um, Slavkovsky over right, taking um, um, and, and more on the competitive end. I wouldn't say that Slavkovsky be smarter than right, but in their draft years, at least uh, Slavkovsky uh, demonstrated that he has a strong will to win, and in the big games. Uh, Marty puts a lot of stock in playoff games and big games. He says like that's mm-hmm. where where they perform in their draft year is very important because, uh, well, just about every game's big in Montreal. You're you're being there's a microscope scope on you every game, so you have to have a strong backbone. He said, and he thinks that both Slavkowski and Reinbacher have that, and it was a factor in in selecting those guys. So, uh yeah, greatest fan base in the world and uh, and all that, but also being the most fervent and passionate uh, means that 
players that are picked have to be uh, have to be able to handle the the scrutiny and the pressure, and it, it's a factor in in players that they pick. They're trying to pick guys that when there's ups and downs, when when there's downs, that they can handle the the scrutiny that comes with it. Um, and we'll see. It'll take a few years before we know if they made the right choices or not. But certainly, I think uh, it w- it was a big factor in them taking certain players that they took over other ones, uh, including yeah. uh, Reinbacher over Mitchkov. Yeah, uh, it makes sense, right? You want you're drafting to win the Stanley Cup. You're not drafting to be first in the division in the regular season, right? You want competitors. You want guys that will go to war, that want to win. So, you know, as as a, a yeah. fundam- fundamental skill that can't be taught, that's what you're looking for in a prospect, first and foremost. That's that's no shocker. Um, but it's, it, I'm happy that, you know, Marty emphasized on that. It's, it's, a, it's a very important factor. Um, I, I also appreciated how he talked about why he didn't, they didn't pick right or they didn't pick Mitchkov right usually they talk about more so why they picked the guy that they picked but then he explained a little bit that they thought Shane Wright plateaued right that his progression is almost complete in a sense where the the potential to grow is not really there compared to a guy like Slavkovsky which can grow into something insane right and and then with Mitchkov what I thought was interesting was he singled out the fact that they don't have control over his uh, development in the KHL. And we saw recently, Grant, you pointed it out on Twitter, how he, you know, after one mistake, he got benched basically the rest of the game. So the, the I mean, the Flyers in that sense should be pretty pissed or, or concerned, I guess, since that team, the, the, the SKA team has full control over what they do with Mitchkov, right? That's, that's a pretty big concern. Yeah. And I emphasize that. Uh, quite a bit in the draft guide and and on Twitter mm-hmm. over before the draft that um, you don't have control over his development really for three years. Uh, we saw it with the uh, Romanov to a certain degree. The two years that after he was drafted, he'd go to the World Juniors and be a superstar, and then go back to his club team and play seven eight minutes a lot of nights, mm-hmm. where I. Uh, I'm watching those games and frankly, I thought he was the best defenseman on that team. And yet they, they don't as a rule play the younger guys a lot. They really make them uh, uh, sit, sit on the bench a lot, especially their first two years, Uh, which is again, one of the reasons why uh, Demidov, as they pronounce it in the, uh, in the games that, uh, that I've been watching in Russia, um, he's he plays a pile there, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a year younger than Michkov. So uh, the fact that he gets a regular shift, he's regular on the power play. They even have him killing penalties. Just tells you just how impressive this kid is. Jeez, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to recruits.ca for the whole interview, right? That's all we'll give. Just a little snippet, but really good stuff and more stuff coming, Rant. Can you tease anything? Like, do you have any other interviews to tease? Well, uh, 
whenever the NHL finally gets around, have they announced yet officially about Mayu being reinstated? If they did, I, don't I think missed it's been it, official. But... I think it's Renaud yeah, Lafleur from well, TVS Ball who came out and said that it's basically done. Right. But I don't know that we'll get an official statement um, to to be continued. I don't know. Well, yeah, and I kind of, you know, I got, I got it, got it confirmed from the source, you know, that he, he he's he's approved, but okay. uh, the club still wants me to hang on to that article that I wrote two months ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Mayu that that is that yeah. I will publish when it's official. So, uh, all of my subscribers that have been waiting for that for that uh, article to come out, just be a little more patient. We're just waiting for the official word from Bettman and company before, before I will publish it. That's the Sounds big like one. a planet. I'm looking forward to it, Grant. And I know a lot of people are. Um, now, if we move on to uh, a little spicy, spicy stuff. Now you are generous enough to divulge what you, your greatest or worst misses have been, thus far players that you thought were sure locks that didn't really pan out. So uh, give us some names. Who, who, who do you got? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, through the years, there's every scout um, has hits and misses. Um, and uh, it, I think 2017 was the first year that I had, that I had recruits, um, podcast and uh, or sorry podcast um recruits website and i did my first uh first rankings you know first draft guide and it's interesting going back to that one because that that one i think uh demonstrates as, as strongly as any uh, just how you're right about some guys you you're wrong about others nobody gets it perfect um i had uh and it was quite early on that I, I ranked Heeshare ahead of Nolan Patrick and uh, got a lot of flack for it at the time. I think it was November of the draft year. I just wasn't. Mm. Patrick was was bothering me. Uh, play away from the puck, especially. He just uh, didn't seem to have any, any uh, regard for competing without the puck. And I thought he was lazy. And I was concerned that he was plateauing a bit too, just like Shane Wright in his draft year. Um, I ended up, and it's funny if, cause I, uh, I, I had some scouts at, at the end uh, kind of talked me out of dropping Patrick even further. I ended up ranking him third and I put Heisken in ahead of him. Um, yeah. He shared first. Heiskanen second, Patrick third, even though I wanted Makar and uh, Makar fourth. Now, Makar ended up going fourth. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, I made a mistake and the NHL teams didn't, but uh, clearly at this point, you, you'd pick him one or two if you if you did a redraft. I, I would argue okay. that Heiskanen, I mean, different players, but I, and, other than the, the the fantastic year, obviously that Makar had, where he uh, where he um, won won the you know all the trophies and the cup, um, I think Heiskanen has had it 
probably had a better career so far overall. Uh, you know, not matching his point totals, but just all around, just a fantastic defenseman. So, at, as far as I'm concerned, those two guys should have been one too. And I got I got Heiskin and Wright uh, having him ahead of Patrick, obviously. So that looked good. <laughs> uh, but then fifth ranked, uh, I had Cody Glass. Uh, okay. And um, he hasn't worked out yet. There was skating. Loved, everyone loved his uh, playmaking. Um, but there was a little bit of a concern with the skating. And there's one guy that, I mean, he he's he's cracked it now, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, I had him ahead of Pedersen. Now, I and and it was a learning experience for me. Um, mm-hmm. I loved Pedersen at the start of the year. He was in Alsvenskan and he looked great. And I remember texting a scout and saying, "This guy looks top five. And he said, "Yeah, blah blah blah." He. Um, he was really skinny and he still is, but he wore down as the year went on and the second half, his stats reflected it and his play reflected it. He wasn't nearly as good. And I uh, always put emphasis on, on the playoffs and such. And I docked him quite a bit and ended up ranking him 15th, which you know, if you, <laughs> uh, if you were to do it again, you'd say, well, there, obviously you, you yeah. You scot one up. So, um, but it was a learning experience where you don't necessarily, you got to remember the good games and where, you know, how good he, in the really good games, just how good he looked and how much potential there is there. And the fact that a kid can maybe get worn down playing as an 18 year old in a, in a men's league and, uh, don't necessarily put too much stock in that because yeah, I mean, you saw the skill. I saw the skill. I had him, I had him top five and slowly kept dropping him as, as the year went along, even though there were some scouts saying, Oh no, he's still top 10. Uh, I'm a little, I was a little bullheaded about it. And so no, I think he's going to have durability issues in the NHL and, and playoff time. Is he going to be great? I mean, so far he hasn't, you know, Vancouver hasn't made the playoffs uh, f- for any length of time. And he's had a couple injuries, but uh, he should have been top five, obviously. Well, yeah. well, ahead of Patrick, he should have been top three, probably ahead of his year too. So, um, but then again, uh, rounding out my top 10, I had Robert Thomas in the top 10. Now, that's a hit. Thomas dropped to 20 on draft day. Um, St. Louis got him. I was actually, and I remember I texted uh, Trevor during the draft because I was getting excited. I knew Trevor really liked them too. And unquestionably, if uh, if he had dropped to 25 or 26 where the Habs were picking, 25 I think it was, uh, that would have been their, that was their guy. So he almost wow. dropped to the, to the Habs and that, <laughs> There'd oh, certainly be no uh, damn. center issues now if they had Robert Thomas. He's already a point-per-game guy, right? But mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of draft lists that had him outside the top 20, and uh, I, I couldn't believe it based on what I'd been watching all year. Um, uh, 
So there's another example of, of me getting it right. Um, and also, uh, I had Suzuki top 10. Uh, loved them. Um, yeah. I saw a game against London where he had six points and he, he was the best player on the ice by far. And this was his draft wow. year. Um, there were issues about his, how, uh, how physical he was. Would he take, take hitting, um, his skating? I did not see issues, those issues, uh, as the season went on and, uh, ranked him accordingly. Uh, so that just one draft right alone just goes to show you how you can look like a genius one minute and like the village idiot the next, right? So it's a very, it, as, as Marty said in, in, uh, in that article, like uh, mm. it, it's an inexact science and that, that, that draft alone was, was a prime example of that now. Yeah. You know, there've been other, I didn't have Yakupov ranked first. I don't know of anyone else that certainly publicly that didn't, but I had issues uh, with him away from the puck, especially. Mm -hmm. And I'll always be proud of that one. Cause I, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously he, he busted, yeah. he busted right. Really uh, hard. I had Galchenyuk. Yeah. I had Galchenyuk number one. Oh, that, year. that listen, that 2012 draft was weird, man. It was weird. Well, like aside yeah, from Morgan Riley, Philip Forsberg, you know, it, it was a yeah. strange draft. Yeah, it was. And uh, Forsberg, they, I mean, all the scouts I talked to had issues with his skating. Well, they don't have issues with his skating now, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Griffin Reinhardt going fourth overall shocked me just because you, you watched him and it just – you know, there were issues there. Um, Ryan Murray had the had the knee problems and stuff, so mm. you understand that a bit. But I had Tara Vine in second overall. Wow, um, that's good. That's good. loved his potential. Yeah. Um, uh, points wise, he's I think top five from that draft class, and even Galchenyuk still is, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. But that's going <laughs> to change as time goes along. But I mean, his first three or four years, he was a top point producer from that draft class, and it looked mm -hmm. there certainly was nobody, uh, no house fans. Uh, and it's funny how you know everybody now, uh, is Captain Hindsight, right? The oh, why did they pick Galchenyuk? Uh, they weren't saying that three or four years after he was drafted. They loved it. it. In fact, it was the opposite. Why isn't he playing first line center or second line center? You know, they're. They're ruining him uh, and, and, and such. And uh, even when he was traded for Domi, the vast majority of fans thought it was uh, just terrible that, oh, how could you give give up a player with so much potential? You know, uh, Galchenyuk's going to be a 40-goal superstar. Uh, well, no, it didn't. You know, showed that Bergevin had some... Uh, inside info on that when it came to that, that he wasn't, you know, yeah. he didn't know him better than anybody that, that, that was uh, that dealing him when they did was perfect timing. Even I remember Ray Ferrero, who I respect so much. He's rarely wrong. I think in his opinions was saying, Oh, Galchenyuk, you know, that's a bad trade for the Habs because Galchenyuk has so much talent and skill. So uh, I, I don't, at the time, 
both him and Riley played less than 10 games that year. It was such a bad draft year that they both ended up going in the top, you know, top six or five or whatever it was. It just went to show you how, how poor a draft it was uh, compared to some others. Um, Eric Carlson, I ranked top 10. That's one. That's when I first started out, I was with McKean's and mm -hmm. uh, saw the under 18 tournament at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, it was strictly on a few videos, but you could see the, the talent there. It was just, uh, he had puck skills that were just amazing. Um, so he, I, uh, he was 150 pounds, 155 pounds at the time, maybe 5'11". So typically at the time, you know, the Eric Branson's were getting picked top three and the, <laughs> the 155-pound Swedish defenseman wasn't getting picked in the first round at all. So it, it was going out on a limb to a certain extent. And uh, the NHL, like, they, they didn't pick until 15th overall. But... Um, that was a great, obviously Ottawa, the funny story behind that, um, uh, Brian Burke, the, the Anaheim staff, uh, really liked Eric Carlson, the scouts and, uh, Brian, Brian overruled a bit on that. Um, he said, uh, you know, taking 155 pound Swedish defenseman, you know, that high and moved back couple spots in the draft and took uh, Gardner. I think it was Gardner, the high school defenseman instead. Mm. Well, you know, Gardner Carlson, who <laughs> uh, Gardner didn't win the Norris last year, put it that way. So uh, that, you know, there, there's yeah. one example of where the, uh, the GM overruling uh, didn't, didn't necessarily pan out just like, just like the GM overruling in uh, with Nolan Patrick when the scouting mm -hmm. staff preferred Heiskanen and, and Makar to, to Patrick. So um, the, you hire, you hire scouts and the scouts are out beating the, beating the paths. And I've always uh, maintained that uh, unless the GM gets to see a prospect a lot that uh, not to, not to overrule, to let the, let the guys that the designated roles that they have, do their job so exactly um those are a couple examples so uh anyways i've, I've leaned a little bit towards uh hits that over misses but um certainly though you know you remember the hits a lot more than yeah you, you remember the misses I, I, got, I got i gotta say so there's there's a few examples for you yeah and i like the fact that you mentioned to let the scouts hold some decision power, right? And that's what Marty LaPointe said in, in the interview. It said that him and Nick Bobrov actually make the decision, right? Kent and Jeff have their input. They ask their questions, right? But at the end of the day, it is Marty and Nick Bobrov that make the decision of who they pick. And uh, I mean, time will tell if, if that was the right call and all that, but uh, very interesting. And, and I, I do agree that, you know, well, you look scouts at, know best. That's their job. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at Louis LeBlanc as an example, oh. like, oh. I don't know that, like, I know Trevor really liked Chris Kreider. Mm. I mean, has fans don't like Chris Kreider now, but imagine if, if he wasn't, exactly. 
he he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have ran into Carey Price if he was on the Habs, nope. right? I mean, unless it happened in practice or something like that. But I mean, uh, you know, who who would you rather have a guy that scored fifty goals last year, or six three, you know, two years ago, or or Louis, uh, you know, Louis LeBlanc, who never, who who unfortunately never panned out. But the pressure, the draft was in Montreal. You know, the the French Canadian kid. Uh, there was, I think, there was some arm twisting go on there a little bit you know Good. although i i always do defend um i mean bob mckenzie's just i'll always remember i remember him doing the you know his uh show and i think he had leblanc 14th on his list and yeah. the habs got him at 18 and uh when they picked him they said he could end up being one of the steals of the draft so there were certainly it's not like they they went way out on a limb to get him. Yeah, he he was picked right. You know, he was ra- ranked every by everyone in the teens somewhere. So, um, but uh, I do know that Trevor loved Kreider, and if it had been completely left up to him, I do think that uh, that would have been his his pick. Well, what could have been? What could have been? That hurts. That hurts. Um, speaking on the Habs, let's get to it, man. We got a new thing. You know, we, we know our fan base. We know who's watching. Mostly Habs fans, right? Grant, you you create some some fantastic Habs content. You know, I've been involved in, in Habs content as well. So um, we'll we'll do something new this week and and for weeks to come. The Habs prospect of the week. Now, most prospects aren't playing yet, but there is one goaltender, right? We drafted the Habs drafted three goaltenders this past draft. The last one was Yevgeny Volokin, and we have some footage. He is the Habs prospect of the week. Let's take a look. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got really good pads. You'll notice like, mm-hmm. just about all of the. I looked at all of his saves from the preseason. He's played six games. He's given up five goals in those six games. Wow. His, uh, his save percentage is over nine sixty. Uh, just you, you notice just about every impressive save that he makes is with with those pads. He's uh, he's got excellent pads and, and also rebound control. He tends to mm. get it over. I think you'll see it on this one right there, right to the defenseman off his pad. You know, um, he plays for uh, oh, I don't even know how you pronounce these Russian team <laughs> names, uh, Mamonte Yugri. I don't know why they have two or three words in there. Like it, it it's tough to find <laughs> prospects because there's about six teams with the same name, but one the, oh, they've God. got an extra syllable in there or something. Like SKA, I don't know how many SKA teams there are. One is yeah. Nevy, Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg. I, yeah. I, I I have uh, fallen for that before, where you're trying to watch a game and you you have the game on and Oh wait a sec! This is the wrong SKA team. This is yeah. <laughs> one of the other six. Uh, but um, yeah, he uh, they they don't allow a lot of shots. This these guys just about every save that he's made in the preseason has been from the blue line. So it's it's a little bit tempered my enthusiasm for him. But mm-hmm. the fact is that he had back to back shutouts. Uh, the fact is he has three shutouts in six games. 
Um, yeah. You can't argue with that. That's pretty impressive. So um, I there, there weren't a lot of Habs prospects playing in the last few weeks. So, you That's know, it. it was a minimal uh, number of, of options. But I uh, you have to give the nod to the to the Russian kid. And if he keeps if he has a goals against average under under one a game and uh you know shut out every second game he'll uh that'll be pretty impressive so um hopefully he he keeps this up and gets a look at the KHL level this year yeah but typically they don't goalies that young don't get uh don't get too much time in the K um Philip Erickson would be the the runner up uh don't okay. don't have a clip of him but he he uh he was the first line center for sweden in this uh u20 tournament that they just held in nikoping i think it was sweden um basically teams b squads as far as the u20 i think it, it give an opportunity for a lot of uh for them to look at kids who who are either on the bubble or not quite that aren't favored to be on the on the world junior team um he only played a dozen games last year or something like that so the swedish swedes want to get a good look at him um played played first line center picked up several assists on the power play he was the first on the first power play so he might if he gets off to a really good start into his junior year he might be under consideration for the uh, uh for the world junior team but it'd be more likely that it'd be next year that they'd be looking at having him on the team, but uh, impressive uh, tournament for him. And I think he was a sixth round pick, if I'm not mistaken, that he that was far. Looks he was like far, it, could, yeah. it could turn out to be good value for the Canadians. Interesting. If we can go on a quick goalie tangent for a second, I know, I know you're no goalie expert and you don't really, you know, scout them all that much, understandably so. But, I mean, I, I, I need to know why there's so many Russian goaltending superstars, right? You, Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, Sorokin, Bobrovsky, Samson. I, I could just keep listing them off. There's so many good Russian goaltenders. What about their system or, or, or their upper, uh, upbringing, their development makes it so that they're this good? I I need to know the secret sauce. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't have the answer to that, but um, (laughs) I think it's cyclical to a certain degree. Um, Like a while back, it was Finnish goalies that were, they were producing tons of, uh, and now you can't buy a Finnish goalie, you know, Uh, um, Czechs, the Hasek era, and then, uh, it, it, typically there's one really good goalie and all the young <clears throat> young goalies want to uh, all the young athletes in that country oh i i want to be mm. the next patty Wah. you know there was yeah. a there was a rash of quebec born goalies for the next 15 years that w- w- because they oh mm-hmm. you know all the best athletes Idolize in Quebec, idolized young athletes, idolized Patrick Waugh. Well, I'm going to become a goalie. I, I want to be the next Patrick Waugh. So there's that. That would be the best uh, 
explanation I can, I could have for for that, but it tends to be cyclical too. Like twenty years ago, was there? Who were the great Russian goalies twenty years ago? You know, uh, it was Czech goalies and it was Finnish goalies, and now it's Russia's turn for whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah, there there must be some super goalie uh, uh, developer that we don't know of that maybe a team should hire in NHL mm-hmm. to uh, <laughs> come and develop their goalies. I'm not really sure, but that that is a great question. That's it. I mean, we're not saying that Volokin is going to develop to be the next, you know, Vasilevsky or anything, but it is interesting, you know, to see all these Russian goaltenders dominate the league. Like they are the best goaltenders. You can add, you know, a few Americans, right? Hellebuck, Ottinger, pretty good, but it's really like it's Russia's turn right now. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, if we get yeah, into they're... our weekly segment of riser, faller, sleeper, prospect of the week, we start with our riser, Colin Ralph. Tell us a bit about this guy. Uh, 6'3 defenseman that uh, that plays at, at Shattuck, St. Mary's. Um, when I was doing my riser last week, uh, Latourneau, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't help but notice this kid. Because he, uh, the one game that I, that I did uh, on Letourneau, the main game, it was him that was uh, that stood out and actually stopped Letourneau a few times. Here's one here. Here's Letourneau coming up on. Yeah, up. We had that clip last week too. He's yeah. Oh, here it is. Here. Boom! Boom! Okay. Knocked okay. him down. So I mean, Letourneau's a six five six five kid, right? And they're both 16 here, so it's interesting. But he all right, he eliminates guys. Uh, great mobility. I love his pivots and his puck retrievals. Um, no nonsense. He's not going to get a lot of points, but this guy could be a shutdown defender. He's just, uh, you know, he gets it. He gets it out of the zone. He gets back, gets the puck, and you can uh, you just see the puck retrieval, the, the skating. I love his pivots. Um, love his size, love his poise. Um, I assume he's back at Shattuck this year. And I mean, he was dominant. Nobody can get past him along the board. You try to get, beat him on the outside and good luck, you know, your stop. And that was at 16. So, yeah. um, just, uh, I, I've been told that the NHL scouts really love this kid and I can see why here. Here you see the skating ability, you know, um, for that size and that age to uh, to move like that. Again, eliminates a guy. You, you, it's almost impossible to get around him. Check out this hit. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shut down the fender potential. I'm going to have him in, in my first round. Uh, I'm going to do okay. rankings. I'm going to do a preliminary top top 32 I uh, I'd like to get it out before our next podcast, and we'll discuss that mm-hmm. uh, next week. So a preliminary Fantastic. top thirty-two. I'm comfortable enough. I've seen enough that there's thirty-two kids that I think uh, worthy of of uh, being in the first round at this point, and it'll be the earliest that I've ever done a top thirty-two rankings. But hey, I've got a you know I've got a draft podcast now, so I gotta <laughs> give the people what they want. Is Ray yes, Davies sir. once said with the Kings. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So Colin Ralph, 
name to keep in mind. That's good stuff. Uh, Faller this week is a guy that many people have in their top 10 uh, who's still projected to go for first round, but Consta Hellenius. Talk to us about him. Well, uh, again, the Faller thing. This is more just a... Uh, I don't have him in my top 10, but a lot of people do right now. And here, exactly. this demonstrates just uh, a few instances in the last game, uh, U20 game that I watched of why. Um, mm -hmm. He's got to get a lot stronger and his play away from the puck for a, for a, uh, for a center that size, you really have to be, as Marty LaPointe uh uh, pointed out you have to be competitive you really do yeah and i'm a little uh like look at how lazy on the back check always bothers me it's uh, especially if you're not a big you know you're not a big kid and you're playing center pace is so important you got to be able to, you got to bust your butt getting back and uh i saw a lot of instances where he wasn't necessarily doing that and uh, it's it's a little bit of a concern, but there again, he gets knocked down uh, fairly easily. Um, I'm just a uh, little concerned about whether this kid's going to be a, a top two NHL center. Uh, he may end up being on the wing, but uh, I understand why he's highly ranked. The kid's yeah. got really good skating skills, and he's uh, here. He's just kind of. Uh, lackadaisical, put it that way, floating uh, on on the without the puck, and that's going to have to change if he wants to. Because NHL, here's here's an example of a skill. Bit, bit. So I threw that in at the end, just you know. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's with an that. asterisk. He can he can definitely be. There's top ten talent there, uh, but at his size, playing center. Uh, want to see want to see better all around game, more competitiveness, and certainly mm -hmm. he's capable of that. And if if we see that as the year goes on, he'll he'll get back up into the top ten. But uh, I don't necessarily say that he's a faller. He's just he's a guy that I don't think right now is in my top ten. Like is worthy of being in my top ten, but certainly the potential is there for him to move back okay. up. Fair enough, fair enough. Moving on to our sleeper pick of the week, Mr. Lucas Lagerberg. Tell us about him. I ranked him top 100 last year. 6-1 uh, defenseman. He was a year... Uh, he was draft eligible two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, led. He was second in scoring among defensemen in Swedish in the Swedish uh, juniors last year, more than a point a game. And you can see by these highlights, like he's, he walks the line great. He's got very good, like look oh, at yeah. that, that lateral agility. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, really, he uh, he puts the puck right on the stick, right where you want to uh, one-time it. Like he's got really uh, accurate passing skills, um, very good vision. Uh, like a skating, he's a very good skater. Um, just with the puck, puck moving defenseman. Uh, I was surprised he wasn't drafted last year because he's, uh, it, you know, you see a lot of, uh, especially CHL defensemen that aren't that good defensively that 
get picked in the first round or top 50 because of their offensive skills. Well, why, why would it be different for this kid? There's a goal he scored. He had a goal nice. and four assists in this U20 tournament that was just held. He was part yeah. of that, uh, that, you know, uh, he played with Erickson and mm-hmm. part of that B team. So they're looking at him. I think he worked his, himself into the, into the discussion to be on the world junior team for Sweden with his tournament. He was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best defenseman in that tournament. And uh, I, I don't understand why he didn't get drafted, especially after watching this tournament and just seeing how he's in my mind, the best, he was the best prospect in that tournament. Um, and I think, I mean, this is his last chance, right? The mm-hmm. teams will look, look at him a little more seriously this year. Um, I think he, he was under the radar last year and that uh, if NHL scouts get to see him a little more often and he can show that he, he can play uh, at least a little physically uh, defending wise that uh, I, I can see him getting picked this time around in the draft. Very interesting. Keep an eye on Lucas. Lagerberg from Sweden. Uh, next guy, obviously, we've talked about him before. We've talked about him in this show already. Prospect of the week is none other than Ivan Demidov. Yeah, he just keeps putting up uh, good point totals. Like he's, look, you see the edge on that? That's just uh, elite. It, it doesn't almost do justice to just how just how good he is on his edges. Look at this. <laughs> I love the little, uh, he, he's got great, uh, great skill. Here's the goal he scored the other day. Um, just puts it right in between the goalie's uh, arm and, uh, you know, the armpit, right through the armpit, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a great shot and he, uh, his puck skills, like I said earlier, he, uh, uh, oh, and here's a great pass. And you'll see it quickly, uh, the second, boom, right on the yep. tape. Um, the, his uh, coach, KHL coach loves him. Like he's playing him 15 minutes a game and Demidov's been getting five. Um, or, or sorry, I mean, uh, Michkov's Michkov, been getting yeah. five. Yeah. Last four or five games. Um, he's a year younger. Michkov's supposed to be the uh, future star well if this kid's uh, better and i do think he is in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. wow there i think he i said it before and i'll say it again i think he's the russian forward prospect since ovechkin so i'm very excited oh. by him oh baby we're not done talking about this guy that's for sure and if you want to hear more about mr demidov you can hit the subscribe button go follow us on twitter sick pod nhl draft And with that, thank you, Grant. We'll see you all next week. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.